Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best on the Block, the podcast. I am Kimberly Morrison of the BMP Brand, a nonprofit marketing agency, and we build brands and communities, one brand, one business at a time. Best on the Block's goal is to provide personal and business brand coaching and guidance. Uh, We'll be your partner to becoming Best on the Block. Your brand lies somewhere in the middle of how you make them feel, what you say, and what you do. And now let's continue with the Survive the Next 365 series. You're going with me on a personal exploration of growth and transparency of my own professional and personal brand with the book Survive the Next 365 as the guide. Survive the Next 365 is a tool book that chronicles the author Clark Garrison's rebranding of himself and career after the market crash of 2008. Um, I am following the tools and playbook he lays out as the book is titled Survive the Next 365. We are now knee deep into chapter two, The Power of Writing. The author opens this chapter up with Edward Bueller, Lytton's famous phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword. It's a line from the 1839 play Richler. The author discusses at length if that phrase is true. I will let you ponder that individually. Um, The pen is mightier than the sword. Be sure to get your copy of Survive the Next 365 at Amazon.com to read his full exchange on that phrase. The author clearly expresses the beauty in taking your inner thoughts, inscribing them, creating a written account or record of your dreams, your thoughts, and goals. We explored that in the previous episode, uh, Chapter 1, Have a Game Plan. Mr. Garrison, the author, admits that he has always wanted to be a writer, to express himself through the written word via a book, a poem, a novel, or any medium that allowed the expression of his thoughts and ideas to reach the world. He was convinced that writing was the one true power on earth. As he endeavored to put pen to paper, the following words began to nag at him. Um, It became a deterrent from him fulfilling his goal. The following questions kept nagging the author internally. What makes you think you can write? What do you have to say that anyone wants to read? You're a lousy writer. And as he learned, pretending you uh, do not hear that inner voice is impossible to do. He likens it to throwing gasoline on a fire. You cannot drown it out or ignore it. You have to do something different to turn it off. And he challenged himself to figure out a way to do that, um, a solution to extinguishing his fire. Now, while this chapter on the surface is about the power of the written word, it is also about the power of self-doubt. The author, with all of his ambition, began to doubt his dreams and his abilities to become a writer. Now, Writing without grammatical errors, um, writing with the correct use of verbs, nouns, adjectives, and pronouns 
is a learned and skill activity that we all can get, um, you know, all of that really, really wrong. The average person does. Um, but the sheer ability to express your thoughts, there can be no error in that. Why? Uh, those are your thoughts. We often allow people, circumstances, the world, to allow us to find fault in ourselves, our dreams, and our own thoughts. On the surface, when you really put it to those terms, it seems absolutely absurd that finding fault in yourself can be possible. It's almost as absurd as finding fault in your own name, your hair color, what your favorite food is. Let's walk through how self-doubt can cripple us and how completely ridiculous it is that we allow it to do so. Self-doubt can keep you from moving forward. And uh, that is what this journey is all about, right? Moving forward. Let's look at author Heinrich Edberg. And um, I'll, I'll give you some information about him. He is a, um, an author who has penned many articles on simplifying life productivity, self-esteem, and happiness. Uh, one of his articles is called 13 Powerful Ways to Overcome Self-Doubt. And in parentheses, he writes, so you can finally move forward in life. William Shakespeare says it very profoundly, but very simply, our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we might, the good we off might win by fearing to attempt. I'll read that again. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we often might win by fearing to attempt. William Shakespeare. Self-doubt, um, as penned in Heinrich Edberg's article, these are his words, not mine. Uh, Self-doubt can be troubling and persuasive. It can be a troubling and persuasive voice that holds you back. It holds you back from seizing your opportunities. It makes you uh, the ability to getting started or finishing things harder than they need to be. Um, it can sometimes be useful as it helps you to soberly see your current limitations or simply recognize a half-baked or bad idea, but mostly it holds you back in life. So how can you get around that? How can you overcome those times of self-doubt so that you can move forward once again? Um, Heinrich Edberg states that um, in the article, he's going to give us tips and habits that have helped him personally to, de to decrease um, that destructive inner voice. So, step one, stay on top of it and say stop. Stay on top of your, your inner voice. Stay on top of, you know, stay in tune with who you are and what you're feeling, you know, and what those goals and aspirations really are. And then have the courage to say stop. If you hear something that negates what that inner voice is, have the courage to just say stop. Number two, look, at, look to the past and rid yourself of, Memories, bad memories, that is. Deal with them. They say, look to the past and wash yourself 
in the memories, but negate the negative ones. Meaning, be okay with reflecting back on a time that you failed, a time that it didn't go well. You know, those are where your lessons lie. So look to the past, be okay with the memories, but negate the negative ones. Number three, talk to someone about it. If you're having doubts about who you are and where you should be and what you're doing and what moves you're making, have a conversation. There's got to be at least one person in your life that you trust with those thoughts or that you simply trust will tell you the truth or you simply trust will listen. So talk to someone about it. Next, don't get stuck in the comparison trap. I'm Kimberly. There's no other Kimberly like me. You are who you are. There's no other person like you, so you can't compare no matter if you grew up in the same household, um, you've been friends for years, you guys went to the same schools, um, your parents were similar, um, you, the same culture, same environment. It does not automatically make you apples to apples to anyone at all. So do not get stuck in the comparison trap. Next. Start keeping a journal. This is something that throughout the series we've talked about a lot, making sure that you find a way or a method or your way of documenting, you know, your life and what's happening so you can reflect black, ref, reflect back on those things. Um, and keeping a journal, the two key points in that is to make sure you keep a realistic record of your life. And then it allows you to gain clarity more easily because you have that record. All right. Next point. Remember people, this is so true. Remember people don't care that much about what you say or what you do. Okay, Mr. Edberg really hit it dead on the head with this one. I'll repeat it. Remember people don't care that much about what you say or what you do. Yes. We have people that are around us, that care about us, that love us. Um, but for the most part, if you really think about it, most people really don't give a doggone about your inner thoughts. They don't. Um, most people in the world are concerned with themselves. They're thinking about, and this is not negative or selfish. It's just the way of the world. It's just people are human. Human beings care about their own well-being whether their family is taken care of, whether their career is moving forward. So your inner thoughts, most people don't care, but don't take, the point is, don't take it personal. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't take it personal if you call your aunt that day and she really doesn't give a flip about, you know, this magnificent story that you believe should become a novel. She doesn't care. She just really cares if you come to pick her up, takes her to the grocery store. That, that's really what she cares about. So, Remember, people don't care that much about what you say or what you do. Um, what someone said or did, this is another point, what someone said or did may not be about you. And guess what? It may not be about what you think. Oftentimes we overthink things. Um, someone will treat us in a particular way or react in a particular manner um, to what we've said or what we're doing, and we take it personal. To be honest, and Mr. Edberg has put pen to paper so that we can read this and digest it, what someone said or did may not be about you 
or about what you think. These are tools of self-doubt. We overthink things. Oh, did they say this because of this? You know, oh, they don't like me or they don't want me to have this opportunity. You know what? It, nine times out of ten, it had nothing to do with us. Now, next, get a boost of optimism. Find what that is. Figure it out and go get it. Get a boost of optimism. If you're finding you're slipping into self-doubt, whatever that activity, moment, thought process that you have to get, you know, to get back optimistic, you know, maybe it's a phone call to a friend. Maybe it's, you know, your dad is that person that always can boost you back up. Maybe it's watching your favorite comedy or comedian can, you know, boost your optimism, whatever that is. Get a boost of optimism. Next. See any setback as temporary. No one's down all the time, ever. So make sure you can mentally process any setback as temporary. And two points under that is remember you're not a failure because you failed. The second point under setbacks or temporary is ask yourself, what was the lesson in the setback? That allows you to move forward. What was the lesson? What, what did I gain from that? Next, sharpen your skills. Use a setback or if you're having self-doubt, turn it into um, self-teaching, being self-taught. Think about, hey, this was a setback or I failed or I didn't really do that well. I'm not really pleased with myself. Well, get pleased with yourself. Sharpen those skill sets. Whatever that thing is that you're trying to do, stop for a moment. Don't wallow in self-doubt you know, bask yourself in some additional knowledge. So the next time, you're prepared. And lastly, don't beat yourself up. Because honestly, after that thing has happened, it's done. There's not a whole lot you can do but move forward. So don't constantly, consistently beat yourself up um, with self-doubt. You may think to yourself, this is really helpful information, but what's the easiest way to put all of this into practice, to put a stop to self-doubt right away when it pops up? You know, what's that tool? What's that key? What's that, you know, what do I do? Here's my suggestion. You don't have to take my suggestion. But I would say, and what I've learned to do, is to just look in the mirror and say, damn it, I got this. I got it. <laughs> I'm sure you thought you were going to get some profound statement of reaffirmation to repeat daily and, you know, find your zen and your best self. Um, the power is really in the fact that we already know ourselves. We, we're human. We're flawed. Um, but we're also talented, skilled, and capable of anything. We just have to believe it. And sometimes what happens with self-doubt is we begin to not believe it because of circumstance, life, you know, the world around us. So for me, when self-doubt creeps in, I stop for a moment, look in the mirror, and just say, damn it, I got this. I got it. All right, guys. So remember, Survive the Next 365 by Clark Garrison is a reference tool. Um, to be used to help us get through transitional periods in life 
And again, if you have not gotten your copy to follow the series successfully, go to Amazon.com and just for nine and mere 99 cent, um, the author has allowed us to have it at that price so we can all follow along. Uh, the author has created exercises at the end of each of these chapters that challenge us to do the work to survive the next 365. This chapter's challenge and exercise creates a way to extinguish negativity. Um, the challenge is to, once we have a negative self or negating thought or idea, to write it down in our journals, our notebooks, or whatever method we're using to document this journey. Write it down. When you have that self-doubt thought, write it down. Give it voice. Get it out of your hearts and minds and put it down on paper. We have to make a decision what to do with that negativity. So uh, the challenge is, the exercise is, once you've written that negative thought down, tear that page out of your notebook, and you're going to make a choice, either to burn it or to shred it. Got it? You're going to write that negative thought down, and you're going to choose to burn it or to shred it. All right? course I am doing all the exercises along with you so my negative thought that I um, and I'll tell you ahead of the game I chose to shred it um, you know I live in suburbia so I'm out here burning paper I might get a little fine or something so I, <laughs> I chose to shred it but what I wrote down was um, something that always always cripples me in self-doubt is how my parents um, feel about me or you know what is their thought about who I've become as a as a person because um, my parents are both of them are pretty accomplished people um, not just career-wise but just as people um, they've uh, really done well to become really decent people in the community, people that, you know, folks revere and love and respect. Um, so I've always spent my life making sure I made them proud and that I tried to moderately come up to where I see them. Um, but I'm always struggling with, did I hit the mark? Am I hitting the mark? Um, and that kind of thought can be internally crippling. Uh, it causes you to make decisions that don't necessarily align with your true dreams. So on my paper, I wrote that I did not live up to my parents' expectations, or I don't believe I do, and I decided to shred it. In addition to shredding it, I reflected on thousands of note cards and conversations um, and uh, phone calls and texts that I received and continue to receive following my mother's passing. Um, one that comes to mind is with a family member that is really or was, you know, um, like a daughter to my mother. Um, I think this person is probably closer to my mom than she was her own mother. Um, she recalled and shared with me um, that mother had shared with her and continuously shared with her that, you know, Kim, me, uh, and mom, these are my mom's words, that Kim and I are closer than we've ever been. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, we have moved beyond just mother and daughter, but into confidant and friend. 
and I'm loving that. Okay, and I'm going to simply say that warmed my heart, but it actually made me cry like a big baby. And still and still does. Um, that warmed me and continues to warm my heart that my mom thought of me as her friend. Uh, why is that so important? One, it just totally um, takes away that self-doubt of, you know, am I making them proud? Am I making... And, it, and you know what? And what I thought I needed from them became so insignificant like making them proud became like mm, whatever you know why because think about your family and friends you have to love them you love your family and not friends let's say family you love your family out of obligation they're there that's who was born into your lineage you know those are you know cousins your family your aunts your uncles you know your brothers your sisters your mom your dad that's family you didn't have a choice so just by mere being you love them but your friends that's who you choose so at some point in the journey of life my mom chose me she chose me and that meant a lot and that took away a lot of the self-doubt that I had about, you know, my relationship with my parents that, you know, at some point they, they liked me <laughs> as I liked and loved them. All right. Now, agree to be consistent and similarly write down thoughts about your imagination, creativity, or big ideas. Just like we stated, the challenge is to write down your negative and self-doubt thoughts we're challenging you in the exercise to equally write down thoughts about your imagination, your creativity, and your big ideas. And leave those pages in your notebook. Don't tear those out. And by the end of the year, you should have a clear view of your inner self. A blueprint for how you need or would like to move forward. Your dreams, your aspirations will be fully documented. And ready for you to implement. Phew. That was a lot of information, I'm sure. But as always, I do appreciate you for listening. Thank you for, you know, taking this journey with me. Um, in this episode of Best on the Block, we have continued to survive the next 365 series and explore Chapter 2, The Power of Writing. Thank you again to Kablastic Village. Uh, for the intro music, they're very cool. Um, visit them on SoundCloud for your next track. And I will talk to you the next time.